This is a Holy Baptist Church podcast, bringing you into a community in which everyone is welcome, lives are changing, and Jesus is King. Thanks for listening with us today. We would invite you to subscribe so you can keep up to date with us. But for now, we pray you enjoy listening for what God has in store for you in this episode, and that it helps change your life for the better, in Jesus' name. Enjoy. Dubri Ranok, Salam. Buna Ziwa. Hola. Good morning. I think that covers a fair number of languages we've got in the room, but very quickly, and I mean very quickly, turn to the person next to you, say hello in a different language if you've got one. If not, use British. That's enough time to say good morning. Uh, Marvellous. And so why did I do that? This noise was incredible, the excitement, the joy that was there. And what was really lovely was about going, oh, no, because often we go, say good hello to the person next to you, and you go, hello, hello, <laughs> in our very British sort of way, or I'm not going to. They can both turn that way. I've, it's what I do anyway. And I think, um, but hearing those different noises and those different sounds uh, will come to, that's a bit of a glimpse of what we might see in the future. And why did we do it? Because everyone is welcome, regardless of what language you say hello in. And over these next three weeks, we're going to be looking at some characteristics of the kingdom of God, uh, three kingdom values. And those three kingdom values are also our church's values, our mission statement, our vision, whatever you want to call it. And that is, everyone is welcome. Lives are changing. Jesus is king. So as I say today, we're going to be looking at how everyone is welcome. All are welcome to Jesus. All are welcome to God. All are welcome to his kingdom. But the knock-on effect of that is that all are welcome here at Holy Baptist Church. We see in the Bible so many instances of where Jesus welcomed everyone those who have always been welcome, but also those who were never welcome. One example of this is a guy we call Zacchaeus. Now, if I say Zacchaeus was a very little man, I'm sure many of you in your heads are going, a very little man was he, as the old song goes. But I don't know that song. (laughs) Sorry. Um, But he was a tax collector. He was hated by many due to when he was collecting his taxes, And no one, you know, we all appreciate that we have to pay taxes, and I'm glad that we pay taxes, but no one likes paying taxes at the same time. So already people didn't like him. But then on top of that, he was taking extra than he was meant to, and he was pocketing it for himself. And now, again, I'm going to give myself away here. If anyone has seen the animated Robin Hood, right, bear with me, the sheriff in that film, who's the big bad guy who wanders around like this... He's the tax collector. He's also the bad guy of the film. That gives you a bit of an idea. I give him very similar vibes in my head. Just imagine him about half the size both ways. But when Jesus was in the same town as Zacchaeus, he hunted him down out of a tree that he was hiding in because he was so small, he wanted to see Jesus from a distance. Jesus immediately hunted him out and called him down by name. 
He befriended him. He ate with him straight away. It wasn't, oh, we should get to know each other and then maybe we can catch up at some point when I know that this is okay. It was straight away, yo, Zacchaeus, let's go. Let's have dinner at your house. Probably didn't say yo. And Jesus knew all about Zacchaeus. He knew that he wasn't a good man, but yet he still welcomed him. He did life with him. They had real conversations together. It wasn't just, you know, surface level and keeping things light. It was real life. And how much are you genuinely sharing your lives with people who are the bad guys in your life? Jesus spent his whole life with those who are different to himself. How much are you spending time with those who are different to you? Because Jesus did it all the time. Every single person that he met was different to him. Because yes, he was fully human, but Jesus was also fully God. No one in history was like him. No one was normal to him. Everyone was different. But yet Jesus was loving, welcoming, accepting to every single person in every single walk of life. Jesus also told a lot of parables, basically a story that's used to describe something like a giant metaphor. And there's one that we often learn in RE at schools or in Sunday school or in Sunday clubs. And it's one that I think us as people in church can sometimes go, yeah, I know that one. I can switch off for a couple of minutes as she tells the story. But actually, there is always something in the story. All you need to know for this story is that Jesus was telling it to a bunch of Jews. And now Jews, pretty much their biggest enemies where he was, was Samaria or the Samaritans. And this story is called the parable of the Good Samaritan. And Good Samaritan was already a contradiction in terms for those first hearers. Um, and we're going to read it from Luke and chapter 10, um, verses 25 to 37, if you wanted to read along. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your strength and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. And so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he travelled, came to where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii, which was about two days wages, and gave them to the innkeeper. 
Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will imburse you for any extra expense that you may have. So which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell in the hands of the robbers? The expert of the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So we see that even your worst enemy is your neighbor. The person that you hate is your neighbor. Now, that doesn't mean when God says love them like your neighbor, doesn't mean love them like the person who lives next door. I've got to be honest, I've got no idea who lives at number 26. Not a clue. I've probably passed them on the stairs multiple times. But in the Bible, their neighbors were their community. Their village. You know the phrase, it takes a village to raise a child? That tight, close-knit village, that is who they were. Their community, everyone was their neighbor. Everyone was like a best friend. So when Jesus says, love, them like your love your neighbor like yourself, he's really saying, love everyone like they're your best mate. Welcome everyone like a friend that you've not seen in too long. Because we are called to share our lives, our faith, and our church with those who are different, like the Samaritan to the Jew. I think that sometimes uh, we can be great at doing that outside of church or outside of our homes. Maybe you show compassion to the driver who's just cut you up and sworn at you as they've driven past. Maybe you've got a friend who's struggling and you take them out for coffee when life is hard and you tell them, I'll pray for you. Maybe you pray with them then. Maybe you buy the big issue and have a chat to the seller. Or maybe you buy a coffee for the man sleeping rough in the town centre. But that is all out and about. It's all short-lived. It's got an end. It's controlled. It's safe. It's fine. And now don't put your hands up, please, at this question. But think to yourselves, who's ever crossed to the other side of the street because of someone who's walking towards them? Who's ever lingered slightly longer in Tesco's pretending to look at the sausages because of how another person's presence has made you feel? Or maybe you've been on the train and someone sat next to you and you're not quite comfortable with it and so you jump off and run down a couple of carriages at the next station. How would you feel if that exact same person came and sat next to you here in church this morning? Would you move to a different row? Would you move out to screen two? High screen two and live stream, by the way, and on demand. Would you remember that they are just as welcome here as you? Just as welcome as I am. And they are just as welcome to Jesus. Maybe for you, that person is a known drug addict. Maybe someone who speaks a language you don't understand. Maybe they have a disability that you don't understand. Maybe to you, that person who makes you feel uneasy in church is an accountant, a teacher, a church leader, or a policeman. Everyone has different experiences, and you may be the person that makes someone else uncomfortable regardless, just because of different life experiences. We all have different experiences of different people. We all have different ideas of what is normal. What's great is Jesus has lots of different ideas to what's normal as well. But to him, it isn't normal indifferent. It's normal and normal. One of my favorite verses in the entire Bible, which a good friend reminded me of just two weeks ago at my son's dedication, was that of Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. 
that says, For you are God's masterpiece, created anew in Christ Jesus to do the good works he planned out for us long ago. You are God's masterpiece. And you'll notice it doesn't say who that who who, who that who is that you? Any reader, any hearer, any seer of that verse, you are God's masterpiece. And sometimes it's easy to accept, oh yes, I'm God's masterpiece. But then you forget that person who sits next to you on the train. They are also God's masterpiece. Whether you're a refugee or an MP, whether you're neurotypical or neurodiverse, whether you're upper class, working class, whether you vote Labour or whether you vote Conservative, whether you're a bin man, whether you're a teacher, it doesn't matter. Whether you're unemployed or whether you're retired, it still doesn't matter because you are welcome to God. Just let that take in. Let that sink in. You are God's masterpiece. That person you avoid is God's masterpiece. If someone had turned up this morning to church and wanted to donate the Mona Lisa, which is very small, or the girl with a pearl earring, which I imagine is bigger, or that Banksy image of the girl with the balloon, would we have turned it down? Would we have sent them away? No, because we know that they are masterpieces. They have such value. And when we want to build more of a church building, that would be great. But do we turn people away? Maybe not physically. No, you're not welcome here. But maybe in what we do and what we say, or more to the point, what we don't do or what we don't say. And actually, this is one reason why in our building, there's no steps to get inside. So anyone who's using a wheelchair or mobility aid can have full access to the building. It's why when we talk about the Bible, we say who, they're, who the people are, to make sure that everyone knows what we're on about. It's why we have a deacon for accessibility and inclusion. Because everyone has just as much value as the next person to God, which means they have just as much value to us. Because everyone is welcome. Do you think I've said that enough times yet? And if Jesus' followers here on earth are representative of God's kingdom here on earth, then we should reflect his diversity. Because God's kingdom is a diverse place. Desmond Tutu, a great man, is quoted as saying, isn't it amazing that we are all made in God's image, yet there is so much diversity among his people? And actually, my different is your different, is your different, is your different, but to God, it is all the same. We then see in Matthew 19 and chapter 14, and verse 14 even, and in Luke 18, 16, and in Mark 10, verse 14, and now there's not much, admittedly, that's in all three Gospels, especially not a story that to many seems so insignificant, but if it's in three Gospels, it's probably quite important. Jesus says, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Straight away, kids, they're in. Often they're a group where we go, oh, they should be seen and not heard. But actually, to Jesus, they're like, no, come on in, come on in, let's get involved. Um, and then we're reading Galatians uh, in chapter 3. It says it's either Jew nor Gentile anyone who isn't a Jew, uh, neither slave nor free, nor male nor female, for you are all 
one in Christ. And now very similar in Colossians, this is one of my favorites. It says, in this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, non-Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric or uncivilized, slave or free, Christ is all that matters. And he lives in all of us. I love that, that the uncivilized are welcome. I think sometimes we, you know, as many of us are, you know, white middle class British people, we like to sit there and go, oh, you're welcome if you behave. No, the uncivilized, come on in, put your elbows on the table as you wait to go for it, or whatever it is that you may think is uncivilized. But then we get a little glimpse at the end. The book of Revelation in the Bible is the very, very last book, and it talks about what's yet to come, what hasn't yet happened. And in Revelation 7 and verse 9, it says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Does this sound like a monoculture of ethnicity, age, class, neurotypicality, gender, intelligence, and political alliance? No, not to me it doesn't. To me it sounds like, well, everyone is welcome. It doesn't talk about a great multitude that was full of white, middle-class, well-educated, well-behaved Baptists. But quite the opposite. Everyone is represented here. Everyone was a part of the party. Everyone was welcome to the party. So take this as an invitation, that you are welcome here, and that you are welcome so much more to God, and you are welcome to his kingdom. And if you're a Jesus follower here, then it should also it should serve as an encouragement, yes, but also as a challenge. Are you making sure that you're demonstrating that love from God that surpasses all difference? Are you celebrating that diversity in God's creation? Are you joyful? Are you joyful when we sing a song on a Sunday morning that you don't like because it means there's someone else here that's different to you and that shows God's difference and God's diversity because someone else loves that song? Are you enjoying God's differences within difference in people because we need to do this in our lives we need to live like everyone has value like everyone is a masterpiece like everyone is welcome to God and his kingdom why because everyone has value everyone is God's masterpiece and everyone is welcome to God to his kingdom and to his church who in your life would you like to know is welcome to Jesus and church who may not already feel so? What can you do to make someone feel more welcome to Jesus and church?
Do you really think that and act like everyone is welcome? If not, why That was today's episode of Holy Baptist Church Podcast. We hope it's prompted you to want to follow Jesus, hopefully a lot, but even just a little bit more closely. If you have any questions about what you've heard in today's episode or you want to know more about what it means to follow Jesus, you can email us, gotquestions at holybaptist.org.uk. We'd love to hear from you. It would really make our day. If you want to hear more from us, just a reminder, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and you can download the Holy Baptist Church app from the Apple App Store or Google Play to hear it as well. Simply search Holy Baptist Church. Thank you again for listening to Holy Baptist Church Podcast. We pray God will bless you and we'll see you next time.